I'm Will Coleman, founder and CEO of Alto, and I built Alto to put an end to rideshare horror stories. You're used to the total lack of consistency in rideshare. Maybe it's a smelly car or a driver that asks just one too many personal questions. Not anymore. With Alto, you know exactly what to expect every ride. Every Alto driver is a trained Alto employee, and every Alto vehicle is part of our private fleet of luxury SUVs. Say goodbye to rideshare horror stories. Download the Alto app today and use code FOUNDER for $10 off your first ride. Welcome to the Coco Express Network. Talk radio that informs. Talk radio that inspires. Talk radio that enlightens. Talk radio for us all. Thank you so much for your patience because you have been extremely patient with me. 
Oh, oh, nothing. It's life happens, right? And that's uh, you know, in 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 in, uh, in our day to day activities, just mm-hmm. things happen. And if you just are a little bit flexible, everything works out. Yes, and and that is so true because. I guess you can say the past couple of months of me being Gumby. I don't, you know, a lot of our listeners may not know who Gumby is, but I was being Gumby for a couple of months now. <laughs> God, that's a shame, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Google Gumby. There's some great videos on uh, on YouTube. <laughs> yes, to find out exactly what was going on with me. Now, you are an accomplished entrepreneur, and you've created 20 businesses in Silicon Valley. And that includes four publishing companies, and you've published over 800 books. Now, for um, many people who know me and know the show, I'm seldom intimidated by anything, but this intimidates me because that is a that's those are some major accomplishments. 800 books. How do you do it? Well, uh, let's see. First, thank you, and then what somebody else does shouldn't intimidate you. What somebody else does, if you think it's really cool or very powerful, should be inspiration for you to Mm -hmm. do something like that yourself. That's all. So um, how do I do that? There's there's a word I learned when I started, I thought we'd say when I was working in corporate, um, and, and the last time I worked in corporate, I was working for Sun Microsystems. I left in 1997. And when I was working in corporate, I don't think I knew this word as well as I do once you work for yourself. Um, And when you work for yourself, there's a word that starts with L, that if you're an entrepreneur, whether it's a solopreneur or whether you've got a a large staff underneath you, um, the word leverage is an extremely powerful word to use and take advantage of. And my skill set, how I always loved and still continue to love going through life is I see an opportunity, I entrepreneur, so the entrepreneurial light goes off. Wait a second, I think I have a bell for this. Are you ready? I (laughs) see an opportunity, right? Then I'm the one who in my company actually drives the implementation of that opportunity the first time. And I document it so that it's sitting in, uh, you could say it's ISO 9000 formatting for those uh, guys in corporate, or if you're in the entrepreneurial world, you've got step-by-step instructions of things to do. Mm -hmm. And and then I pass along to somebody on my team to do. So I build new stuff, have fun deploying it once, and then uh, pass it to my team to actually deliver the other most of the rest of the time. And that's the leverage piece. And in the book side, uh, that's been documented and, and uh, done for many, many years. The, uh, what happens in the world of today is that we have all these opportunities coming to us every day. And, and so up until probably three weeks ago, the only person on my team that would actually try new stuff and make new things happen uh, was me. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I have a guy who I've, who I've been working with for my video stuff. He's in Australia. 
and uh, it, and I, he's basically be doing uh, voiceovers because uh, you know Australia or English voices. I think I might have liked English better, but it just this guy's amazing. So you know, for, if you go to ahavat.com and listen to some of our videos, you got Paul's voice as a back as a backdrop, and it it sounds pretty cool. He demonstrated in his conversations to me that he was a creative. And so I've got him on a new project. So we haven't released this yet, but I, I'll tell you one of the things that I'm doing at the moment. Um, or I'll tell you one thing we did release and then what's coming next. So one of the things we released recently, for those that are interested, we created a radio station called AHA That Radio. So if you go to ahavatradio.com, the intent of that station is to have our authors read their books. And so our AHA books are filled with 140 AHA messages. So we have a more, a more structured and simple approach to a book. Uh, instead of actually having to take two or three or four months to read a book and, and then six months later remembering two or three things, we have 140 things which basically comprise our book, and it's easy to consume. And by the way, six months down the road, you're still going to remember those two or three things, but you're going to spend a fraction of the time reading. So, you know, how that radio has uh, our authors reading their books. It's 24 hours a day. If you want to be inspired, go to ahavatradio.com. And one of the things that I was recently convinced that I needed to do um, because one of the audiences I go after is this, the C-suite audience, the executive, the executive staff. So I'm creating a program on C-suite radio. And we haven't released it yet, but potentially by the time some people listen to this, it'll be out there. And the program's going to be called Mitchell Levy Presents AHA Moments. Hmm. And what I decided to do is, uh, because I have so many different shows and because, I mean, some of our AHA books are amazing, I, I don't, don't tell any of my authors that I didn't say all of them are amazing, but some of them are really amazing. The rest are good. Some are better than good, and some are amazing, right? We, we don't publish crap, right? So, so the, uh, what I decided to do with Mitchell Levy Presents is take a show. So I've got a show called Thought Leader Life uh, where we work with thought leaders and produce content. I have another show called Grow Your 1099. I'm working with a very specific thought leader, a guy by the name of Josh Jones, who mm -hmm. sells solar due to doors. So we're talking about the, door, the D2D, the door-to-door -door industry, which is completely fascinating. Um, so I'm going to take a show a week, whether it's an aha book read from an author or something from Thought Leader Life or Grow Your 1099, and share it on uh, Mitchell Levy Presents Aha Moments. And, you know, normally it would have been me to sit down and structure the show, figure out where the intros go and the outros, uh, how to insert the commercials and all that. And I have to tell you, I'm so completely out of time that if it was really up to me, I would have never signed the dotted line and say, hey, let me do the show. Mm -hmm. And the really good news is Paul has stepped in and shown his creativity and He's going to produce something that will be as good and I think better than I could have done if I did it myself. So that word leverage is, mm -hmm. is an important element to, to, for any entrepreneur, actually probably any human, to incorporate into their vocabulary. Okay. Okay. 
So, for um, was that too long? I answered no, your question, it wasn't. but you know, you I went off. Okay. But it's okay. No, it it gives us a good visual picture. Um, so okay. for any of us, um, any of us, if we decide that um, we want to, you know, be creative and learn more, we can tune into Aha That Radio and learn more. <laughs> yeah, I think on that one, it's simply Aha That Radio. It's hard not to be inspired. I use double negatives every now and then. So, um, you know, go to aha.radio.com and start listening to some of the authors talk about their aha moments. Uh, you know, you, you may go through an entire book where you get one. You may go through a book where you're like, oh, my God, i got to stop and rewind. And I don't think we mm-hmm. have a rewind button. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a nice it, – yes, you'll be inspired if you, uh, if you listen to that. Oh, great. Now, for those who are very, you know, aware, what is a thought leader? What is thought leadership exactly? So the <laughs> – well – Exactly depends on what year you're asking me that question. Uh, so, so over five years ago, and, and particularly if you're thinking about a decade or two ago, but certainly anything over five years ago, thought leaders, well, actually, how about we say prior to the proliferation of the Internet, uh, thought leaders were brought to us by the broadcast media, by the publishing companies, by the, by the firms that um, – essentially by the recording studios. So we were told who we were going to read, who we were going to watch on the big screen and small screen, and who we were going to listen to for music. And those thought leaders were expected to know everything. They were the quintessential people who, who wrote the book that took a 1,000 hours, and they knew everything. And, and when those thought leaders said jump, we were supposed to say how high. And that's how the publishers made money. Well, once the Internet started becoming what it is today, anyone who wants a microphone, uh, like you do here with Blog Talk Radio, or anyone who wants a, a camera and, and create a video show has one. It's at your fingertips, and it costs almost nothing to be able to create content. And what happens is you now have the opportunity to, you know, if people like what you say, like, like how you look or like what you do, uh, people get to follow you. And so the, the concept of a thought leader, I'd like to equate to the concept of a recognized expert, right? So to be a thought leader in the past with somebody who came up with the quintessential thoughts of do this and everyone said yes, nowadays, because this media is interactive, you can't just speak to a flock and have them ex- expect them to follow you need to interact with the individuals. And so you're not speaking big picture. You're speaking and delivering messages that are very fine-tuned to the audience you're talking to or, or interacting with. And so the best way to think about a thought leadership today is to recognize experts. It's the person you go to when you have an issue that crops up that you, that, that you just don't know about, that you want to get resolved, right? So when you were young... Your thought leader, your recognized expert, if you had a cold, you know, you had a sinus infection, you, you went to mom or you went to grandma, right? Because mm-hmm. that was in your universe, the person you go to. And many people think today that, oh, my God, the Internet's here. 
I need to start selling to China or selling to India or selling in Europe. And, you know, the thing is, you have to define first who you are. You have to define what you're going to be doing. And then you have to say, who's my audience? And be realistic. Because the more narrow you could define who you are, what you do, and who you serve, the easier it is for you to reach that audience. And so what I often like to think about when I talk about these days, I, I, I have a small acronym called CPOP, Customer Point of Pain. So what you should say to yourself if you're in business today or want to go in business and what expertise do you have and specifically what problem do you solve? So a expert, uh, one of my definitions for expert is somebody who gets paid to do some service for somebody else. Because if you get paid to do a service for somebody else, you have expertise. And if you get paid for the expertise, you're an expert. And if more than one person does it, you've now fine-tuned your expertise and more people know about it. And a recognized expert is the person who, when there's a particular issue or problem or activity that needs to happen, i.e. it's tax time, who do I go to? Well, how do you define and how do you choose what tax accountant to go with? It's the recognized expert. So that, that would be the, the, the equivalent of thought leadership is really today our recognized experts. And how does those recognized experts become recognized? Well, it's doing things like you're doing with a show. It's, it's putting out content and putting out information in such a way some of it's yours, potentially most of it is other people. It's curating content for an audience who can now relate to you and understand that you are somebody they can talk to or you are somebody they could, they could hire. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It makes a, little, a great deal of sense. So I am building my thought leadership by doing the show on a regular basis. Exactly. Okay. That, that's great. So I'm becoming a recognized expert in my field of podcasting. So the question becomes, what is the ultimate goal of the show, right? And what are you becoming a recognized expert in? Talking. <laughs> well, we could be a little more narrow, can't we? <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's the, for me, I find it that I have an uncanny ability of having people on the show unveil some unique things that we don't normally know about them. I like it. What does that mean? Are you talking about the individual themselves um, open up in life in a way that they don't open up elsewhere? Or is it content that they're sharing and, and teaching and it's, educating? What is it that they're opening up It's with? the individual themselves open up in manners that they don't normally do. I've had people cry while they're telling something, you know, a story. And it's some things that I've never read about in any of the, you know, the, the media information that I've seen on them. So I've had instances where, well, a few times where that happened and, it was interesting. People shared some things about themselves. So I believe that mm. my platform allows people to be themselves authentically. 
So I like that. Um, and there's so many different directions you could take something like that. I'm just, you know, for those that are interested, um, you're touching on a really key topic for me. Um, and it's one that I covered in my TED talk. Uh, so if you, if you went to um, Google, it just Googled Mitchell Levy TED talk, or if you mm-hmm. Googled being seen and being heard as a thought leader, you'll see both the book I wrote on the topic and you'll see the TED talk. And, that, and I talk about, uh, a very simple way to think about. So for me, what I try to do when I talk to people I, is I just, I give them small sound bites that they can put their arms around. For instance, what's your CPOP, right? So the stating that you talk and can bring people out is a Dr. Phil CPOP, right? Because that's how you get paid is if you're that type of person. So that's a direction you can go. And, and you have to say to yourself, well, what, what's the baby steps I need to do to get there, right? So that's a, if you're going through the route where you're getting paid on uh, viewers and listeners, there are so many people doing that. How do you stand out from the crowd, right? So CPOP would be one thing to think about. What I did in the TED Talk is what I said, and this is very relevant for, for anyone who wants to do business today, is that we do business with those that we know, like, and trust. So the no part, we kind of talked about that when you said, what's, uh, what's thought leadership? And I said, well, it's a recognized expert. So one piece of it is getting known. The like part is a very interesting component. And it's how do you be liked? And, and I think it's a skill set, by definition, it's a skill set that you have and that is, how do you be liked? Well, you demonstrate that you care. And what is the best way to demonstrate that you care? You listen, right? And if you actually demonstrate you're caring and you demonstrate that by listening, people are more apt to want to share and want to talk. And then that last piece, the know, like, and trust, the trust piece of it is what you mentioned before. And that is, I think trust is a component of demonstrating. You gain, you garner trust when you actually show that you're vulnerable, when you show that you're authentic and you show that you have integrity. And I don't mean just show it. You actually are it, right? So in, even in the conversation when we first started talking to, her, to ourselves, you, you were talking from a level of sincerity, of trust and showing vulnerability before you even knew me. Right? How could I not get excited about wanting to interact with you? Right? And so, so, oh, you're absolutely welcome. So to get to your question of what's next with you, so one, one area, of course, is you, you go that route, you know, that talk show route where you start doing more and more people, it starts getting more important, you get a bigger influence, and you make your money that way. Right? And, and by the way, when I say make money, we, we need to actually make money to live. If we do what we love and we love what we do and we get paid for it, then we're dealing with Maslow's hierarchy of paying for food and shelter, and, and that's one of the things that's important to life. So making money is not a bad word. It's a great word. It's showing that we have expertise and we've defined our expertise in such a way that we get paid for it. All right, so that's one approach. Another very simple approach, given who you are and what you do, and once again, there's a ton of people that do this. It's sort of that life coach, 
You know, if if you get people to talk about themselves in a way that they haven't talked about themselves before, you know, it's clearly something you could always do on the side and just open up a practice, and then people pay you to help you for you to help them with life coach that type of skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it. What it comes down to, and, and I, I actually don't mind the bigger goal you set, but in the meantime, so maybe when you're thinking about 2019, what's that, what's that short-term goal? What is that immediate thing you could do in the spare hours you have in a week that you can be recognized as that expert in your space, and it's in a way that people want to pay you money for it? And, and so in the past, yes, it could have been some of those things that you do speaking and people pay you or you do radio and people pay you. But because of the proliferation of the Internet, that type of, that type of approach is not as valuable these days, right? So, so the, the best thing to be thinking about, and, and the cool part for those people who actually have a quote-unquote real job, uh, whether you love your real job or hate your real job or something in the middle. For those of us who have a real job, the the thing to be thinking about is in that job, what's happening is that company, that entity is paying you money. And by paying you money, they're they're dealing with the essential elements of food and shelter. And hopefully you're they're paying you enough money where you're saving for retirement and all this other stuff. And, and for those that actually are not happy with your jobs, if you just shift your mindset and said, hey, wait a second, I don't really love doing this. However, they are paying my bills and then some, and I have enough free time in a week to do other things that I really enjoy doing. And just that mental shift will change your attitude towards work. Right? It, it may not make it as perfect as not. And then, of course, mm-hmm. if you could figure out what your CPOP is. So let's say your CPOP is some form of life coaching or there's so many things in the coaching world. Um, for those that are working, if you're actually working for a company, well, you can't actually – this is where it gets funny. You can't charge your, you know, the people you work with for, your, for that job, right, because – it gets a little funny. There's a conflict of interest, right, and those sort of things. That said, if, if you want to test drive a new vocation when you already have a financial sponsor, um, ask a couple people if you can do it for free. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm playing around with this. I love doing it. It's been fun. I'd like to actually uh, consider having you be a client for this amount of time, and, and you could say, and I'll charge you a dollar, right? So you can make it free, but a dollar is better because then they've paid you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, of course, if, you, if you're working with any institution that has um, any institution that, that's concerned about these sort of things. So in, I'm in Silicon Valley. So, you know, if, if, if you're working for, you know, uh, Google, Yahoo, Yahoo doesn't exist anymore, sorry, so um, uh, Google, Apple, um, uh, if you're in Seattle, uh, you, you're working for Amazon, or if you're working for a financial institution or insurance company, you know, you, you could easily go to your boss or go to legal and just say, hey, is there an issue here? We, we often have that. Uh, Microsoft, for instance, uh, Microsoft employees who publish books, 
it is such a nebulous concept for them to decide if they can publish a book or not with us. And, and so what I found out, the unofficial rule, is simply if you go to your boss and your boss says yes, it's okay. Well, that's simple, <laughs> right? So mm-hmm. figure out in your world what's relevant. And, and, and if there's not a conflict of interest, um, most likely – the your boss how you know you present it simply and easily and most likely your boss or legal would say oh yeah sure not a problem right so so I'd say the thing is the cool part about having a financial sponsor is you also have potential customers whether or not the customers are paying you a dollar or not who you're interacting with and get to know you most likely depending on how you're doing your job they also know like and trust you in a certain way. And you can start changing their mindset about who you are. And maybe what happens is maybe legal says, well, you can't work with existing employees. But guess what? If, they, if, you're, if the people you're interacting with know you and they like you and they trust you and they think you can do what you say you do, well, maybe they recommend their friends and their family. And they say, and so there you don't do that for free. And now you're interacting. You've got your the, one of the best ways to market who you are is word of mouth marketing. Mm-hmm. It's now you got people who know, like, and trust you who are recommending you to their friends and family to test drive your new service. And that's not a bad way to start. It's a great way to start. Hmm. Excellent. Both some good things. I hope people are taking notes because this is some very good information that um, we can all use. And it's interesting because I've had people tell me, you know, that they have a traditional nine to five, but they said, but I take 15 minutes out of my day to think about the things that I do outside. And they have some really interesting lucrative, um, I guess you can call it side hustles that they do. And I've always, I guess, been in awe of some of the side hustles because they've been some huge undertakings, but they do it with such effortless and they come to work and they're happy. So I get it now. <laughs> mm. I get it. Nice. Perfect. Good. Well, one down, a couple million to go. Gotcha. <laughs> yes. Now, um, you've written so many books and you, you say that you can, um, I guess you can come up with a book idea in, in, in no time flat. How do um, how do we garner that particular skill? <laughs> well, that's easy. That is the easy button. Wait, I got a button for that. I'm looking at my desk and that was easy. I got an easy button for that. <laughs> okay. So here's let me. Uh, so I'm gonna absolutely answer your question and and let me first though redefine for you what a book is right and and so you get a feeling for it if you're starting a business or you have a business and you want to be known as the expert of what you do other than spending a couple hundred K in a couple years of your life and getting a PhD there is no better vehicle in the world than having a book now if you have a book, and we'll just stick with the life coach thing we started. If you have a book and, and you're a life coach and you wrote a cookbook or you wrote a memoir, uh, they're not really good. They, they don't exactly help you. You're a life coach. 
then the book you should write should be focused on an aspect of life that will resonate with the types of clients you want to attract or you would exactly attract today. So let's go back to the CPOP, your customer point of pain I mentioned before. When you're thinking about the book you write, now what's interesting about uh, Americans and the great American dream, um, but, but this extends throughout the, most of the world, is many of us, not all of us, many of us just have in us this overwhelming piece of content that they want to get out. And in the old days, you know, the pre-internet, people were able to get out books and a handful of them hit the lottery and life happened and things changed. Nowadays, really, books are democratized. Anyone who really wants one can make it happen easily. And the point is you have to recognize the book is not where you're going to make money, right? For anyone who spends time, money, and effort on a book, your ability to monetize is not necessarily going to be from book sales. There are always exceptions to the rules. But your ability to monetize is because you now have a book that covers a CPOP that allows you to do more speaking, to do more consulting, to do more product sales, to do whatever is necessary in the eyes of the customers you interact with because part of being that book is going to help you, assuming you do a little bit of effort, it's going to help you on getting known, and it's going to help you on the trust. Uh, the book itself probably won't help you on the like side, but it could. But typically, on the no like and trust factor, books help on both know and trust. And so what you have to think about, if that book is something that's specifically tailored to my audience I want to serve, A, what's the book about? Well, like I said, the best thing you could write about is the CPOP. Because if you're the author of a book and the book covers – and talks about the pain that you help solve for your clients, well, guess who's the expert? It's the person who, hey, I got a problem with this, and, and you then hand them a book, and they go, oh, my God, this is exactly what I'm dealing with right now. <laughs> you know, they look at you, and they go, man, you can help me. Great. What do you charge? Right? And, and so if the best book you could write is on the CPOP, the other thing I'd say to you is if, if the book itself – is not where you're going to get your money, right? It's, you're not going to make your money on book sales. Where you're going to make your money is, let's say, I keep sticking with life coach. Do you want to give me a different, a different profession to a financial advisor? Okay, so if you're a financial advisor, how do you reach out to people? How do, you, how do people get to know, like, and trust you? And, and a lot of you do networking, you do newsletters, right? You friends of friends, word of mouth is one of the best ways to do that. But what if you had a book, and with, with the financial industry, you have to be careful, or the drug industry, you have to be careful because anything that's regulated, you then get, a, get approval before you put things out. And, and you don't ever want to talk about promises when you do a book like that, but you, what you want to talk about is uh, if your target audience happens to be people who are graduating from high school and you want to say to them, how about you have the nest egg you need? You're graduating high school and you'd want to have the nest egg you need that happens 20 years before you would actually retire, right? You can't promise that, but you could sort of put it in a word as, well, if you save today, you don't have to work tomorrow, 
right? And, he, and once again, you got to be really careful with the wording. But if you had that book and said, I work with high schools in, in this geography, and my goal is to put you on a financial path that will, will set you up for the rest of your life, right? And once again, I think as I'm saying these things, I'm thinking, man, i got to be really careful on how you say that. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, who's interested in that? Well, the people who graduate high school, the parents of the people who graduate high school, if they see a book like that and they know you're available to talk to their children, wow, all of a sudden that word of mouth goes through the roof. Now, you're not going to make money on book sales. Where you're going to make money is enrolling people in whatever program it is you have. So, you know, some people create masterminds and they make their money that way. Some people do one-on-one coaching. Um, there, some people create products like training courses and put people through training, whether it's physical training, se- seminars and so on, or webinar training. But what happens is that book, that asset called a book, is helping you to get known, helping you be trusted. So then the question becomes, how much time should I spend on my book? And here's the big question. Here's the quintessential element. So I have, and my team, we've published over 800 books. Here's what I'll tell you. Is I like a book that has 120 pages, specifically because I like the spine size. It doesn't look too big, but it doesn't look too small. It doesn't look like a pamphlet, but it doesn't look like it's impossible to read, right? And what I'll say to you is typically uh, if an author is writing a book that's 120 pages, it will take 120 hours. It's about an hour a page. Mm -hmm. And in today's world, what often happens is people say, hey, I'm going to write my own book, and they write the book, and they go, oh, my God, this publishing thing is nuts. Let me publish my own book. And what I'll say to you is we as a publisher, having published over 800 books, we will save you 200 hours. Now, some people publish and they don't spend all the time and they don't go through all the hoops that we do, but we'll save you 200 hours. So let's add those two together. 120 hours for writing and 200 hours for publishing. That's 320 hours. So here's an interesting barrier. You want to start your new business, you're, you're in your business today, you've heard Mitchell Levy speak, and you go, oh, my God, I need to be a recognized expert. I need to write about my CPOP. And then you say to yourself, 320 hours, where am I going to find that? And what I have to tell you is don't even think about it. Don't think about writing your own book because, you know what, even if you found the time, even if you spent the time writing those 300, uh, that 320 hours writing and publishing your book, of the success of your book happens when it's done, when you're done writing and publishing it. So if you think about that, 90% of 320 hours comes afterwards. Let's see if we divided, let's see if we did 320 and divided. That's, you have to spend another 3,200 hours to start getting the success you need. So here's what I'd say, (laughs) and this is what we do, what our company does. Uh, My primary focus today is we have a done-for-you ghostwriting service. Mm -hmm. So what typically happens is I'll interview, I'll talk with the expert for two hours. I'll extract the genius from their head. And in this case, I'm using the word I uh, because it is really Mitchell Levy. I'm I'm doing the extraction. When we get, I could do two of those interviews a day. When we get to the point where, 
it's two a day consistently every day or it goes beyond that, then I'll create a certification program where we get to certify people to do the interviews as well. And what I do is I'll do the interview and I'm going to extract from your head your CPOP. Who's your customers? Who do you serve? What are their pain points? What objections do they have? How do you interact with them? Essentially, what are the questions that your customers are going to be asking you so that if they read in a book the answers to those questions, there we go, well, I like how this person thinks. I like how they talk. I like, I like what I read. I want to talk further, right? So I'll do the interview, and then we, I'll pass it along to, we have a bunch of graduates from the AHA That Writing School. So I'll pass along to our graduates, somebody who will resonate with the content that, that, uh, that I talked about. And we will then synthesize the information and create a book that has 140 bite-sized quotes and seven blog posts. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, it's a book that's consumable by the, in, in the way that people want to read and consume data today. Small snippets, small aha moments, small opportunities to read and digest something. It's not that book that takes you hours or months to read. It's that book that if you spend five minutes, you read three or four aha moments, you go, oh my God, this is great. I want to talk to this person. So if you said, as the question was, is tell me, how do we get our books done today? If you want to press the easy button, uh, what we will do is, is uh, we'll do the interview, we'll write the book, You'll spend somewhere between five to 10 hours total, including the two-hour interview, doing the review of what you do, taking a look at the book, seeing what's going on. And so now let's fast forward. You spent 10 hours. Uh, I'll be generous. I'll say you spent 10 hours with us. You paid us a certain amount of money, and, and then uh, you spent 10 hours with us, and your book is done. We print books in paperback and also in hardcover. We print color on the inside. So our service includes 100 paperback, 25 hardcover, a PDF, a Kindle, and also a book in the AHA that platform where we have 750,000 users who are sharing your content. So, and, and what we also do is we run an Amazon bestseller campaign. So two to four months down the road, you become an Amazon bestselling author in the CPOP that you have, and you've spent 10 hours. Wow. Now... Yeah, that's the cool part. Now, here's, here's the point that comes to place. You didn't spend 320 hours. You have 310 hours left over to market yourself as an Amazon best-selling author. And if you can't make five to ten times what you pay us, you probably have the wrong business model. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm going to stop you right there because we're running out of time. But what I want to know and I want our listeners to know is how they can find you, how they can get in contact with you, and how they can learn more about you. <laughs> so uh, let's see, three questions. So uh, the, one of the best ways to uh, – I'll give you three things, three or four things. So one, we talked at the beginning of the show about ahatradio.com, so feel free to go there, A-H-A-T-H-A-T radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, and just listen. If you want content to share, you can go to ahavat.com. We have 46,000 aha messages to share on social media, and that content is free to use and free to share. And so please go there. If you want to learn about being an author, whether you write yourself or we write for you, you can go to ahavat.com, A-H-A-T-H-A-T.com slash author. And we have videos and the price points and booking time with me if you need to. And then to see what I do and, and to check me out or interact directly, 
Um, just Google my name, Mitchell Levy. Um, one of the things that should pop up is my TED Talk, so you can Google Mitchell Levy TED Talk. Uh, but then what happens is the social media companies spend hundreds of millions of dollars to make sure that when you Google my name, that their, their brand comes up. So connect to me on the platform you like to use. So it's LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Snap, Instagram, whatever platform you want to play on. Um, find me and talk to me there because I want to talk to you at the platform in the place that you want to play. Excellent. Thank you. I have to tell you that we said that probably by the end of the show I would have an idea um, that jumped out, but so many of them have. So now I have to, to sit down and figure out what they are. But you did achieve the goal. <laughs> you did achieve the goal. <laughs> That's so cool. Okay. Well, you did say one idea. I go, well, I think I could do that one. And now the question is, hmm. So the good news is having a bunch of aha moments that be inspired. Now, the next step is for you to figure out, you know, rank them, prioritize them, and then start moving forward. Yes, definitely. And I have to tell you, this was exactly what I thought it would be. It was definitely an opportunity for me to grow, learn, and expand. And I am so grateful that you had the time to be with us today. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, Thank you for allowing yourself to be exposed to other people on the air and for being that type of person who really does what you say you do well, and you do, and that is bringing out the best of those that you talk with. Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot. So I hope you have an amazing weekend, and I would love to have you back. So I'll reach out to you again so that um, in the new year, because you know people are going to have all these New Year's resolutions that they're going to want to try to figure out and do things with, <laughs> maybe you can come back and we can help them with those. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Okay. <laughs> I'd love to. Okay. So you have an amazing day, and thank you once again. Uh, same to you. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Okay. okay, bye. Bye. So to all of my listeners, you've had the opportunity to listen, hear, and learn. Okay, initially, our, when we first started out, it was um, listen, learn, and live. Now, we do want you to listen, learn, and live, but we want you to go out and do more with yourself. But there are some key things that you have to do before you do that. The first one is take care of yourself. Because if you don't take care of yourself, you won't be good to anybody else. And the second thing is don't try to follow somebody else's dream. You have your own. Please do that. And you will feel so good when you step out on your own for yourself, pursuing your dream. And those are the two most important things that you can do for yourself in this lifetime. Oh, no, there's one more thing. Help somebody. Don't always forget to help somebody. That's important. And on that note, I'm going to step back. I'll be back again, um, I believe, Wednesday. I'm not exactly sure because everything is up in the air right now in my head. And um, we'll talk again. So please feel free to reach out to me on, uh, what is it, Facebook or Instagram or wherever we are, the website, the Coco Express Show website, and um, share your information, share your thoughts. We would love to hear from you once again. Be well. Take care. God bless. Goodbye.